0: Talking, I like I said, about DeMar DeRozan's shooting slump. And we're also going to ask the question should we go after Carmelo Anthony? He's on the market again. You know, the Houston Rockets made a trade. But the question is, do we really need him? And what the heck's going on with DeMar DeRozan? He's been averaging uh he was averaging, I believe, 28 points a game, you know, on average, back in the month of October. Here in the month of January. He's averaging 15.3 points a game, which it shows that he's had a slump. You know, I don't know if it's uh, injury related because he did have, you know, he missed a game due to a left ankle injury. Uh, He hasn't been quite the same. You know, LaMarcus Aldridge is playing great right now in the absence of DeMar DeRozan and his shooting slump. But players go through these types of things throughout the season, the course of the season. I think it has more to do, honestly with how many minutes uh, DeMar DeRozan's been playing. He's been averaging the most minutes out of any Spurs player on the roster since the beginning of the season. And that kind of plays a factor, I think, into how you're going to perform based on that. You know, they have to play him out there because they really need him playing at a high level in order to win games and be competitive in the West. But it takes a toll on you. What I'm afraid of, Michael, what if something happens to him? You know, maybe we should dial back. The minutes and give him some rest. But that was my observation. What did you notice about DeMar DeRozan?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you're right on with your points because he you look at Clay Thompson, if you like, maybe about a month ago, he was going through the same stretch where he couldn't hit a shot. He was going through the same uh, stretch. And I think that was because they had injuries to Draymond and to Steph, and he had to play a lot of that extra minutes. Even uh, Paul RC actually just wrote about this yesterday. And even though uh, Tamar sat out that game, he still had, like, 98 more minutes than any others for, uh, like, total this year. And so he's playing heavy minutes, and I think that's kind of taken its effect. And to me, I kind of equate it to he's not a rookie, but it's kind of like in the wall when you ha- have to play so many minutes. And you're right, he had 28 that first month, and I think he dropped down to, like, 21, and now it's, like, a drop even more. So it has a lot to do, I think, with how much he's playing, and he's they've re- called, they call on him a lot to play heavy minutes. And even in back-to-back situations, he's actually playing uh, over 30 minutes uh, in those situations. So I think it's just a natural thing that comes with with all that time he's playing.
0: Yeah, I think so, too. You know, hopefully, you know, Coach Pop will, you know, dial back his minutes a little bit. Maybe uh, rely more right now on LaMarcus Aldridge since he's got the hot shooting hand. And, you know, maybe rely on somebody else a little bit more. Because at some juncture, you're going to have to give your star player some rest. You know, we have the looming all-star break coming up, but we also have the juggernaut that is the the rodeo road trip, and that's going to be eight games that the Spurs are going to have to play on the road. You know, and all all this plays into something, you know? It's like, do we really rely heavily on DeMar right now and risk him being injured by letting him play more minutes or about the same amount of minutes right before the postseason hits? You know, like I was saying, you gotta, you gotta. It's a, it's a juggling act, and it's hard because you need to win games to stay in contention in the West. The West is is hotly con- contested right now. The Spurs yeah. and the latest standings are six. We're start, we're still behind the Rockets, the Trailblazers, and the Thunder. The Spurs have a record of 27-21. The Rockets are twenty six and twenty. The Trailblazers twenty nine and nineteen. Thunder twenty eight and eighteen. So. Essentially, you're separated from number three all the way down to six by maybe two games, three games at the most. And you could be sitting yeah. nice, you know. So the Spurs have to find ways to win, even that if that means they might have to rest DeMar DeRozan. But, man, it's it's a tough sale, dude. We're, we're really kind of shorthanded because we don't have a DeJounte Murray on the team right now. We need to, We need this team to play defense. They need to win games. They can't be losing to teams like the Clippers. Or, you know, the Jazz or, you know, these are teams that are kind of not at the same level, I believe, with where the Spurs are at. I think the Spurs can play a lot better moving forward, but what do you think it's going to take? You know, do do we have to, you know, rely heavily on somebody else? Should we set out DeMar for a game or two? Or who do you think needs to step up so the Spurs can get some much-needed wins, especially on the road?
1: You know, I think the one player that's been stepping up, and and they could continue to count on him is Marco Bellinelli. He's been uh, been lights out lately. It seems like, and he's on a streak right now, with like six straight games where he's had like over double digit points. And maybe what they do is they maybe not do something dramatic as to keep Demar out for several games, but maybe where they'll adjust the minutes and bring Demar down just a tad on his averages, and then bring Marco's minutes up because he seems to have done really well. He seems to have a lot of confidence right now, and so I think that's kind of the direction where they go. Again, it's not an incredibly strong defensive player, but on offense, I mean, that's kind of where, where they've done it this year is on offense. So if you're looking for that extra punch and somebody to do that, then I think you still have him. And Demar is still, luckily, even though he's slumping right now, he's still been able to contribute with the assists and the boards, and I guess you can still count on that and just maybe not expect the crazy 28- to 30-point nights, uh, yeah. you know, every night because the think is starting to become – a lot, especially early in the season. You saw those crazy numbers that just wasn't sustainable.
0: Yeah, it wasn't sustainable, but, you know, we got to trust in the Spurs system. We got to trust in Pop, and he knows what he's doing. But let's ask a question now. Should the Spurs go after Carmelo Anthony? Do you think we need him on this team? I, I, you know, Chris Duell and me were going back and forth about this on Twitter, you know, during his show, the Chris Duell show on the Ticket 760. Uh And he was like, "Do you new? Know, do you even know Carmelo, Joe? And this and that." And I told him, "Man, I said, why would we want Carmelo? I said, going after Carmelo Anthony to me is like downgrading your Lexus to a Ford Fiesta. Do you want to ride in luxury, or do you want to go in and get a little jalopy, a little hoopty, you know, spitting out smoke everywhere all around San Antonio? I mean, what what are your thoughts on this, man?"
1: You know, I think everybody that's, that's hanging on to this idea of Carmelo coming in and being this big difference maker is still stuck in like six years ago when he was actually that kind of player. He's not that guy anymore. He's just not. If you ask me, I feel like he's and people are probably gonna try for this, but I think he's like a, a downgraded version of Rudy Gay because they do kind of the same things, except for Rudy's a little more athletic. And probably a lot more consistent, and doesn't come with the same attitude and the same from and, and a guy like Carmelo, while he may be able to help with its mid-range scoring, that, that's especially mid-range scoring and rebounding. And that's where they have a lot of players right now. Jamar, Rudy, LaMarcus are all kind of mid-range scorers. So you're going to clog the, the the floor even more with somebody like that, especially when he wants to have the ball as much as he has. Uh, I don't think so. I, I think and then and then it's, it's a Scared to think of one player like that ruining the chemistry you have in your locker room. You don't want a locker room cancer at this point, especially because it seems like all the guys, you know, even with having all these aiming players, it seems like they're finally on the same page. Everybody's working well together. I don't think you want to mess with that too much. So I doubt – Carmelo has never seemed like a pop guy to me, and I know when Pop was an assistant for the USA team, and Carmelo did that his it. I'm pretty sure that I kind of turned him off. So I just don't see it happening at all. I, I have a feeling he's been up kind of being with the Lakers.
0: I kind of have that feeling, too. I think at some juncture, they're going to wind up trading him over to the Lakers. Um, Gio's crazy, man. Shout out to you, Christine A. De Leon, for for joining us. John Vargas. My mom. And Frank Ramirez, what's up? And my little cousin's watching. What's up, Vic? Victoria Cervantes, she's watching. So, shout out to my cousin, Vic. Uh, yeah, man, but I don't know, dude. I mean, I I'd, I'd have to say we just... Just go ahead and pass on Melo, man. We don't need him in the in the oh. locker room. We don't need that, you know. I guess he's more of a distraction than anything else at yeah. this point. You know, it wouldn't be feasible to bring him in. There's chemistry, you know. There's a lot of things that go into play. And not only that, but what kind of shape is he in? You know, it looked like he – he. I mean, come on, man. Let's be honest. The days of Melo yep. being cut and being ready to play here are long gone. You see this yep. dude without a shirt. He's got like jelly rolls. It looked like he'd been eating some donuts <laughs> on the on the sofa, drinking sodas. I mean, come on, man. He's not in game shape. He's not the same type of player he once was. And, you know, if he comes back and he does help any, other, any team out there, it's not going to be the Spurs. The Spurs are not going to go after Melo. I know that all these Spurs fans are always saying, let's go after Carmelo. Let's go after so-and-so. We need this player. I don't think we really need anybody. I think we can just rely mm-hmm. on this team that we have now. That,
1: now, what does that do for? If, if they say, they go after him, what does that do for Dallas? He's been playing really well yeah. at the off the bench. I mean, does that, that mess up his minutes and you have guys in that position already. that are doing well. I don't think you really want to mess that up, especially because we know that Carmelo is not going to be a long-term player. He's going to be a rental. Uh, and he's going to, I guess, probably this offseason, look where he's going to want to go. Off spot. I just don't see it happening. He's not, again, he's not that player anymore. He's not the all-star. I think, the last good mellow I saw was in Denver and then when went to New York He messed up the whole insanity tournament had them going well and he didn't like that. So he messed up He didn't work in OKC. He didn't work in Houston um, So I don't think it's I think it's gonna take a special situation for him to even do anything and he's gonna have to get over the fact that uh, you know, he thinks he's still an all-star when he's not
0: Yeah, I think he might wind up having a career, but it's not gonna be in the NBA. He might go overseas and and, you know, see a resurgence in his career. Geo's crazy, too, man. Geo is in here on our <laughs> Facebook live stream, and he's saying, going after Carmelo is like going after R. Kelly. Things will get messy. Man, I knew he was going to throw his boy R. Kelly in there, man. He's We, we always go back and forth, me and Joe. We're making, you know, little jokes in our in our private chat that we have about Carmelo. I mean, not Carmelo, but about R. Kelly. This, so this guy's crazy. Frank Ramirez says, pass on Melo. He agrees with me. Yeah, I agree with you, too, Frank. We don't need him. See who else we got. It says, Geo is saying Carmelo will come for the free patty melts <laughs> <laughs> hey, they throw in some water burger man It might be a good sell for for because let's be honest dude he does, he's not in uh, in game shape right now <laughs> oh no. so let's look at the Spurs upcoming schedule Michael I wanted to go ahead and pick your brain about this we got some road games coming up we have the San Antonio Spurs going against the 76ers tomorrow at 7 p.m. Sixers are are a better team. They're improved. They're a team that can give the Spurs fits at times. But I think the Spurs have enough in the tank to go ahead and overcome that and probably get a a much-needed road win in Philadelphia. Then we look ahead and we have the Pelicans game on Saturday. That's an early tip at 5. The Spurs have had some issues with the Pelicans. So, I don't know, man. I'm kind of seeing this as a split on the road, maybe 1-1. and I'd love it if they can go 2-0 on the road. But what are your thoughts on this?
1: I would have split also, but I have, uh, uh, I have it the other way around because Philadelphia, Philadelphia is still that team to me that they confuse the heck out of me because they look like world leaders some nights, and the next night they look like they just can't beat mediocre teams, and they've lost some easy games that they should have. And with all the talent they have, that shouldn't happen. And something tells me that there's still something not, quite right there with the personnel, but they do have mp They do have a, a ton of great defense players. They have a deep bench, even without uh, uh, folks. But they, they've gone really deep. Landry shot has been really well for them, so I, I think that might be a tough one for Spurs. Against the Pelicans, since Anthony Davis is out, I think they should be able to get that one, but it, it always worries me when somebody's out. I mean, look at uh, Delano lodell was out the other day, and they lost to the Clippers. They Lou Williams was out, and they lost to the Clippers. So if they let that happen again, I mean, Julius Randle will just go have a monster game. He's been having a great season so far. So if, if they can stay focused and beat the team they, and play the way they should and not take their eye off of the uh, you know getting that win, then they, I, I see it one and one, but the other way around.
0: Yeah, shout out to you, Chris Galler. He joined us right now in, the, in our Facebook live stream. Um, you know, one thing that I wanted to talk about, too, is like, OK, if we go ahead and split or we get the these two road wins, you know, against the against the Sixers and the Pelicans. We have a three game homestand. You know, we're going to be facing a team that's not so great right now in the Washington Wizards. One of the worst teams in the NBA that beat us once in the Suns and a much improved Nets. The Nets, the Nets game. I'm not going to lie, Michael. That one scares yeah. me. That one scares me. <laughs> you too. Because they've been playing pretty, pretty good. good. Yeah, they've been playing some good ball lately, and I don't know. I think the Spurs are going to have to get their wins however they can, especially if they're at home. They're going to have to do a lot better in protecting home court because you need to get some some wins under your belt to make some headway in the West because, yeah, like I said, that looming rodeo road trip is just around the corner, and that's scaring me, man, because that eight-game stretch on the road, if the Spurs go 6-2, and uh, to me that's great. But more than likely, I think the real scenario is they might split. Even if they split, that's still not a bad thing, you know. But a lot of people are are expecting that they're going to win all eight games. I highly doubt that will happen. But if it does, the Spurs could essentially be coming back to San Antonio looking at the the number three spot in the West, (laughs) depending on what else happens. You know, if other teams win, other teams lose. Um, But I don't know, man. This scenario is, right now, I think this is going to be a critical juncture for the Spurs right before the rodeo road trip hits. How are they going to be going in is my question. What do you think as far as their record's going to go? Do you think that they're going to be looking good heading towards the rodeo road trip, or do you think they're going to be going in a slump?
1: No, I mean, I I think they've got a friendly schedule the last three games uh, before the, the road trip, and so I think they should be able to do well. If they lose to the Wizards and Suns, it's that like can be like look look like you know be careful with all the bridges. Make sure nobody's on bridges over here in San Antonio because those are two teams that they should have no trouble beating. But like you said, they've lost them before, um, and you're right. They've got to get those wins because the road trip, especially the way the Western Conference is, everything's so tight. I was even looking uh I think it was um, yesterday, and even 13. Is is like not so far out of like Yeah, I think like 13th still wasn't that far out like where you could say they're done um, yeah. So, you know if, if they drop a bunch of games on the on the road Then you know where does that put them they said they could be up to like three They could also be as low as you know nine or ten if they're not careful. So it's definitely important they take, take care of those wins that they should get and if Against teams that are not their caliber.
0: Yeah, because at the 13th spot you have the Dallas the Dallas Mavericks and, I mean, they're right on the heels of maybe making a push. I mean, they're they're much improved compared to how they were last year. But, again, man, it, all these teams are so tightly stacked that if you put together a little winning streak, you can get yourself right back in the hunt again. You know, and the same thing with the Spurs. They've been riding around, you know, the 6th, the 7th, the 8th, and they go all the way back up to five, Then they fall back down again. If the Spurs can put together a good little run right before they hit that rodeo road trip, to me, that would make me feel a lot better. That would be some insurance because we never know what's going to yeah. happen on the road. Strange things happen out there, man. You lose against yeah. teams that you should beat, and then the teams that you got no business beating, you wind up blowing them out. It is what it is. I've seen this happen a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And to me, this, a lot of people, even Jeff Garcia, and me talked about it. And he was saying he doesn't think that the rodeo road trip is going to be the make or break for the Spurs this season. And that was kind of like, I don't know, Jeff, I said, I think they really need to have a great road to a road trip to make a good run. And, you know, for the postseason, if they fall behind, then they're gonna it's going to be that much harder to try to catch up, yeah. especially as your season gets harder. The schedule's going to get a little bit more difficult as you get near the end of the season. You're going to start meeting some of these better teams again and again, you know, in, in the West and in the East. And the Spurs have had their issues with the Eastern Conference teams. So, and just at a conundrum, I'm just like, man, this is going to be tough, you know, for the Spurs this season, as far as, you know, making it into the postseason, looking good. I just hope that everybody's healthy as my team, Michael, you know? So speaking of uh, Spurs, and I know this is something that I've touched on a little bit, but man, you know, I got to tell you the most improved players to me this season. Yeah. Marco Benanelli has been great as of late. And so is Bryn Forbes, dude. I mean, if you have to (laughs) give an award to somebody on the Spurs roster, as far as the most improved player thus far in the season, who do you think that would be in your book?
1: I mean, I think you'd have to go to Bryn at this point, just because of where he came from, where he started from. I mean, Marco looked really good last year at Philly at times, uh, especially in the playoffs. Uh, Bryn just came from being that guy that, at the beginning of the season, a lot of people weren't sure he should be around still. and just was very inconsistent towards now. It seems like he's a, you know, every once in a while he'll have a drop-off against the Clippers. I mean, obviously, when you've got Pat Beverly on you, that's going to be tough uh, to, to shoot and score. But I feel like he's been uh, one of the more consistent spurs this year. They can count on him for close to double digits almost every night. And so, yeah, I, th- I think for sure that it's got to go to him because he's just been the one that's made the most, I think, growth. I mean, you can look at Derek White and make a case there, but, also, they're quite. I mean, you don't have a lot of sample size from last year to even judge from, so it's got to be Bryn.
0: Yeah, even our our viewer who's watching us right now, Brenda Flores, she's like Bryn, one hundred percent. Everybody, I think of the consensus is, is that Bryn Forbes has been the most improved player for the Spurs this season, and I have to say he's also been one of the most consistent. Marco Beninelli, he was in a shooting slump in the beginning, but he's come on strong mm-hmm. as of late. Seems like he's yeah. really found his his place. He's found his rhythm. And he's playing at a high level. Another one that surprised me this season, too, I gotta say, is Patty Mills. Patty Mills, everybody gives him a lot of flack, and they they like to put down some Patty Mills and say he's overpaid. And but you know what? He does a lot of the other little things that you don't really see out there on the court. He he plays a really good role out there for the bench. You know, and I like what he's doing right now. He's playing a little bit more consistent. You know, we're getting some production out of him. Whereas We didn't see that last season. You know, it seemed like he was really out there and he he couldn't really get in a rhythm because he was asked to play roles that he wasn't comfortable playing, you know, because we didn't have the fake number two on the team. He was sitting out. But now that everything has kind of returned to its normalcy, we're seeing that Patty Mills still has some some game left in him, you know? Sure. So moving forward, I think that the Spurs are going to be just fine. And now... I'm going to ask you something because this is something that me and Dylan talked about the other day. What do you think about this issue with Coach Pop? You know, there's a lot to be said about Coach Popovich, and he made comments about a week ago. And, you know, Mark Stein from the New York Times asked him this question. They asked him, or will you be returning to the Spurs as the head coach next season? Basically, Coach Popovich gave him a a realistic answer. He hadn't even really thought about it, I think. And he said, I don't know. Okay, if he doesn't know, that's fine. He has to, the rest of the season, and not only that, but he can also think about what he wants to do in the off season. Doesn't have to give anybody a response, you know, but those words, I, I'm i not sure. I don't know right now, you know. It, it, it started a firestorm. What does your heart tell you about <laughs> Coach Pop? Do you think that he will return next season, or have we seen the last of Coach Pop? Do you think he's going to go out like Timmy and just – Go off the court for the last time, wave goodbye, release a statement, and he's done.
1: Yeah, I don't know, man. I felt like when I saw that, it's like um, I had a feeling as soon as I saw that it was going to blow up to more than it should have been. But Pop's always been kind of dismissive about that question. He's always kind of said the same thing: "I have no idea." You know, I think the most he's ever said is, you know, that he was going to do what Tim Duncan did, or um, so. I don't. I don't. Nothing he said really changed my mind on on that, and, and honestly i am not sure either we really have no idea where he's at because he, like you and I have talked about before, there's nothing left to prove uh I think really it's all gonna be tied to how he feels as far as you know his love of coaching the players he's with, if he wants to see that uh through with his current players, but everything to me tells him he'll be back, but I mean we're now at the age and uh as many years as he's coached, it, it's a realistic thing that he couldn't, that he might not come back. It really is. Whereas five years ago, even yeah, even as early as five years ago, you know, nobody would have thought anything about that. everybody would have been like, oh, he's coming back for sure. Now, I mean, you know, it's like, what else is there to do? So there's a chance that he could. This could be his last year. I don't think it is, though. I think in my gut, I don't think it will be.
0: So your gut tells you no. He's going to be coming back for one. One more season, yeah. I can have to agree with you. I think he will come back, probably for one more season. You know, maybe two, but I don't know. I mean, it, he's already at. He's already seventy years old. He's done everything yeah. he can do. He's going to be coaching Team USA. I think we just have to start preparing ourselves as Spurs fans because I think the end is coming soon. It might not be yeah. this season. Might not be next season, but it is going to be coming. It's. It's. You know, the the sun is setting on Coach Pop's career already. I think we all can see that already. So we just got to be ready. And another thing is, once he does step down, we don't know who the successor will be. You know, there, there's no buddy that has inf- inside information knowing anything. I'm pretty sure that when that time comes for him to step down as head coach and he side, decides, I'm going to retire, he's going to have a big part to play and who's going to succeed him. You know, he's going to pick yeah. the best possible candidate that will do a great job once he decides to step down. Now, we don't know if that's going to be a Tori Messina. We don't know if that's going to be a Becky Hammond, Ume Adoka, or another outside source. We really don't know any of that yet. Huh. But if you have to, I guess, guess in which direction the Spurs would go, do you think it would be somebody that's already with the team, or do you think they'll look outside?
1: I think they'd probably go with somebody that's already in with the team. And you're right, I think he'd have a, a, a good part to playing in deciding who that would be. My head tells me it would be Ime Udoka. I think that Ime's been listening him the longest. And, you know, he's kind of sat in that assistant role for a long time. And I think Pop probably sees it as, a, okay, well, you know, he's probably the best fit to succeed him. So that's where I see it going. I, I can't see them going outside the franchise or else they would have – if they saw somebody that promising, they would have grabbed him. Unless it's somebody like a Monty Williams that they – you know want to bring back to san antonio or you know somebody else that's out there that's part of the you know pop coaching tree then maybe that could happen
0: yeah i kind of have to agree with you on that one i know a lot of fans are are really big on hey let's go ahead and get becky hammond as the first female head coach in the nba i i I think she has a good possibility of becoming an nba head coach i don't know if that's going to be with the spurs or with another team but I just feel like she just needs some more experience before we can go ahead and do that. So at my junk, at this juncture right now, my gut tells me it, it'd probably be the Spurs going, like you said, with either Tori Messina or Ume Doka, Becky Hammond, unfortunately um, she's just not ready right now, but it doesn't mean she yeah, won't she be in the future. She's
1: just got to the front row right now. So yeah. I know everybody's excited about it and, and and obviously you like it because of what it does for women and everything, but she needs the seasoning. She needs the time, and I don't. I don't think it's good to rush somebody like that along so quickly. Let her become a lead assistant, and then I think then she, you know I think she'll get some more uh, calls, and maybe she'll be a better candidate for that. Like I said, I, or like you said, I think she is very smart. I think she's got a great basketball mind. But you know, let let it continue to to grow a little bit more. She's just now in that, that front row of coaches, so she'll get there. I think.
0: Yeah, I think she'll get there eventually. So we we got that to look forward to, but before we go ahead and end this episode of the Two Shots podcast, I wanted to ask you a question. We know what happened over the weekend with the NFL playoffs. You know, the refs and the bad calls, and we have it. It seems like to me, it, and everybody was saying the same thing. It's like a tainted Super Bowl in a way, you know, because the teams that should have won, they didn't. They missed out on going to the Super Bowl because of bad calls by the refs. Happened to the Saints. Happened to the Chiefs. So now we have the Rams and our friend Gio's team, you know, the Rams going to the Super (laughs) Bowl. And we also have Tom Brady and the Patriots once again. Do you even care who wins this game? Are you going to even watch the Super Bowl, Michael?
1: I probably will, but I just want to see the Rams win this one. uh, Tom Brady's a goat, whatever. He's great, but I'm tired of seeing this guy in the Super Bowl already. I'm ready for some, (laughs) some fresh blood in there. And really the Rams have have. You know, as much as I feel like, you know, that that decision or that non-call was terrible and blatant, it was a badly appreciated game all around, really. And, um, you know, the Rams have always been that one team where I've kept an eye on it because of Gio, because of um, uh, Jonathan. And so I've kind of kept my eye on them and watched them quite a bit. So I'm just like, plus in the NFC, so I'm just like, I'm going to be watching just hoping that they can, you know... Um, Upset the, uh, the Brady and the Patriots, and uh, be another another year of uh, uh, I a Super Bowl win for Brady because I don't know that guys that guy and, and, and Belichick have enough rings already.
0: Yeah, but the Patriots kind of remind me of the Spurs in a way, you know, where they've been good for so long, and everybody gets tired of seeing them in the Super Bowl year in and year out, contending for another championship. I mean, you can hate them, but yeah. until someone beats them, I mean,
1: yeah, I mean. Y- you're right. They, they do. they definitely there's there's definitely some parallels there, but I feel like in terms of and I don't know if it's just unfair or whatever, but in terms of the people and the type of people they are, like Tom Brady is not a person that I I I, I crazy about his character, nor is Bill Belichick. Some of the stuff I've seen him him do, so I'm just like uh I'm just kind of. But you know, it's just one of those things. I think people are just tired of seeing. I want to see some new teams take over already. The Patriots have been so dominant for so long already, and it's just like this run's got to end at some point.
0: Yeah, it's got to end at some point. So I don't have a dog in this fight, so I'm going to be honest. I'm just going to watch it, but I don't really care who wins at this juncture. It's not a consolation prize for me because the Cowboys got bounced because I am a Cowboys fan. So yep, I don't too. I don't got a dog in the fight, so I don't really care. I'm just going to sit there, enjoy my snacks, and watch this, watch the commercials, man.
1: Both <laughs> <them> muscles are good. <laughs> yeah, hopefully
0: they're good this year. So, before we go ahead and end this episode, I want to go ahead and give you a chance to plug your Project Spurs and everything that you all do over there. So, where can the people find you and all your great content?
1: Go check out Proud uh, I think our most latest, we had a sports guest book this morning, but also uh, Paul Garcia wrote that piece on Tamar and his like, January struggles. And he kind of actually made some uh, ties to turnover issues where he struggled a lot when he's turned the ball over and I think in the last two losses he had six and four turnovers and so we kind of looked into that and uh went a little deeper into that, so check that out. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, uh at M and at Heartsports for more.
0: Yeah, and you can also follow us at two shots podcast and it's all spelled out, T W O, S H O T S podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can also check us out on the internet at two and take us out because i recently did a an interview with Alex James. He's a local San Antonio artist who did a really amazing Tim Duncan mural out in the yeah. south side of town. So go ahead and check that out so you can find out where you can go to check out that mural, take some pictures and you know support your local artist here in town. They do a wonderful job of, you know, putting their artwork all over the city. So i, I think San Antonio is one of these cities where we kind of take it for granted all the the amazing artwork that's out there on display for us yeah. to go in and see so make sure you definitely go and check that out so for michael a de Leon, i'm joe garcia thank you guys for tuning in and watching we appreciate the support like we always say spread the love stop the hate and be kind we're out peace